Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 4th of October 2015, entitled Things Behind and Things Before Us. And the Bible reading is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Through the book of Philippians chapter 3, a very familiar passage, and I promise you, I just want to highlight a few things here, and I'll let you go. Amen. I want to be an encouragement to you this evening. If you're a Christian, then we need to recognize and realize that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And when we are fulfilling the purpose He has in our life, there's nothing more important Philippians chapter 3, I want to invite you to stand with me as we take for our reading this evening, verses 1 through 14. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ." Be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind And reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray for these next few moments, Lord, that you would take. Lord, and speak to our hearts. Lord, you gave us these words. You preserved them for us right down through the centuries. Lord, you promised us that even as we gather here this evening, Lord, we know that your Holy Spirit is here present within each and every one of us that belong to you. Lord, and you've promised that through him, you'll give us understanding. Lord, I cannot speak a word here this evening 
that would be of any eternal good whatsoever. But, Lord, you know every heart. I pray, Lord, please, not for the credit of any man, including this one, but for your glory and your honor alone. Lord, through the power of your word and your spirit, I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts this evening. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Familiar words. I want us to focus primarily because as the Apostle Paul is writing here, he begins with a warning that we need to beware that of dogs, of evil workers, of those that are of the world. He tells us that we, if we have anything to rejoice in whatsoever, it's not ourselves. He goes on to say, you know, if anybody's got anything to brag about, look at me. Look at my stock. Look at my heritage. Look where I came from. Look how I was trained. Look at my religious doings that I was doing as I was going about acting as a, a Pharisee. He said, I've got more to brag in than any of you. But that's not what's important because he said, in fact, I count all that as loss. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's just done. It's nothing in comparison to what I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on, and of course, we know that in a number of places in Scripture that the Apostle Paul, he has this one primary supreme objective in his life. And I believe that's what he's referring to here, particularly in verses 13 and 14 when he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is using an illustration here, one that he refers to in various places in scriptures. He obviously was one that was fond of athletics. And we find that that's exactly what he's using here. He's using the picture of this, of this Greek runner of his day as he's out there and he's competing against all of these others. We find that as he runs along, there is a particular course that is prescribed for him, for that runner. If he goes off that course, he's disqualified. He's got a course that he's got to stay on. But he also says that there's some things out there that when he is running that course, he's running to win. There's a prize. There's a goal at the end. And that's what he set on. And he says when he's doing that, there are some things that he must banish from his thoughts. He must put them behind. Our simple thought this evening is things behind and things before us. And ironically, as I pass this glorious threshold of, of 60 in my life, and I am still a young man, I promise you, not as young as I used to be, but still young, amen, I would begin thinking, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened in those years, but it's not over yet. <laughs> I'm still out there in the race. And there's a lot of things that we gain from. We talked last week in our Harvest Thanksgiving time of counting our blessings, of being thankful for all that God has done for us. But the picture that... The Apostle Paul is trying to give us under inspiration here is this runner. And when he's out there and he's running on that prescribed course that he's got to run on, there's some things he's got to put. He's got to forget those things that are behind him. He's got to forget his previous failures. 
He's got to focus upon the prize that's before him in reaching the end, in winning this race, because if he begins to think on his previous failures, chances are he'll fail this time. But I want us to look, because there's really just two very simple faults here. Those things which are behind. He gives us specifically, it's not hard to understand. We don't have to go back to the Greek to get the deeper meaning. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. If we're in this race, there are some things that we need to deliberately forget. We learn from our mistakes. We count our blessings. God has blessed us time and time again. But we cannot live in the past. We can't live in our past failures, nor can we live in our past successes. Strangely enough, one of these things that you will experience as you get more mature uh, in age is that memory isn't always the same as what it used to be. (laughs) But I've got news for you. Strangely enough, a good memory is not always the greatest asset. (laughs) There's some things that... You need to forget. Somebody says, praise the Lord. (laughs) It's not the things we forget which we should have remembered which caused the most trouble. It's the things we remember which we should have forgotten. Sometimes those things that we forget is not what gets us in the most trouble in our lives. It's the things that we remember that ought to be forgotten. I just want to remind you this evening. You see, I don't know where you are. And here this evening... Praise God, I need to strap myself down here. Here this evening, somebody remind me to get that, uh, that lapel mic fixed this week. We're all in a race, regardless of our age, regardless of where we're from, regardless of where we are in our Christian life, whether we're very young or whether we're very old, regardless of where we are in our physical life, whether we're young or whether we're old, we are all, if we belong to God, we're in a race. And I say this not to be cruel or unkind. But if you are not saved this evening, if you are not born again, if you are not part of God's family, then whatever you're doing, whatever you're out there spending all of your efforts and running the race in this life, you are wasting your time because what you find at the end is not going to be pleasant. You see, we're all in a race this evening. I want to be in the race that God has prescribed for me. I want to be on the racetrack that he's got me on, not on one of my own making. And there's some things that we must forget if we're going to be successful in this. First of all, one of the hard things for us to forget sometimes is past sins. You got any past sins? (laughs) You ever messed up before? We all have. You know, one of the amazing things is that so many times, so many times the Satan wants to keep bringing those past sins up and he wants to remind you of what you did. Well, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13 says this, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You see, one of the things we need to forget is our sins, but we're not talking about, just as it says here in Proverbs, we're not talking about trying to cover them up ourselves and pretend that they're not there. He says, when we do that, we're not going to prosper. But when we confess them and forsake them, then 
God will have mercy upon us. One of those great, great passages of Scripture in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the promise. You see, we need to be willing if we are going to be successful in the race that we're running in and you are there. You've got to forget those things which are behind you. You've got to forget those sins. And I could give you many passages. We don't have time this evening, but all I'm saying is this. I'm not talking about pretending they didn't happen. I'm talking about getting them under the blood. I'm talking about confessing that sin to God and realizing that Jesus Christ died upon the cross. He shed his blood to cleanse you from those sins, to cover those sins, to wash them away completely. In God's eyes, they do not exist any longer. Now, it might be the Holy Spirit that's reminding you of some sin in the past because you've never confessed it. You've never got it under the blood so that you can forget it and put it behind you. But it might be the devil. <laughs> you put it under the blood. But the devil wants to keep reminding you because he wants to discourage you. He wants to beat you down. He wants to keep you from running this race and winning the race that God's got you in. Paul said there's some things we've got to forget. Forgetting those things which are behind. You can't change it. I've got 60 years worth of mistakes. But guess what? I can't change any of them. We can only move forward from here and press towards the mark, the right mark, the right goal. Forget those sins. Forget those past failures. I heard not in the Bible, but I heard even in business training. One of the things that they taught us time and time and time again, the only person that has never failed is a person that's never done anything. They've never tried anything. We used to have a joke. We used to call him Jock Penney. There's a, there's a big company in the United States of America called J.C. Penney. It's one of the largest for going and buying your clothes and all those household goods. They're all across the nation. Mr. Penney had been bankrupt. I've done forgotten now how many tons and tons of time. Matter of fact, he was older than I am now before he became successful with that company that became one of the largest. Why? Because when he failed, he kept getting up and he kept going again. If anybody can get up and go again when we failed, it's the Christian. It's the child of God. Forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting those past sins because they're under the blood, forgetting those failures. You can't go back and correct them, but you can pick yourself up and you can go on. But you also need to forget some of those successes as well. <laughs> if you're not careful, you get caught up in your pride. You know, Paul was reminding us here in this passage, oh, I've got a lot of things I could be prideful about. <laughs> Look at all the things that I did and all the things that I was. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. You can forget those sins when you put them under the blood. Before they're under the blood, the Bible says you'll never prosper as long as you just try to hide them yourselves. Confess them to him. Get them under the blood. Forget those failures. You can't go back and correct those, but you can press on for now. Forget your past successes. 
You can't live on yesterday's successes. You can't get prideful. If anything was, was, was there that was good, it came from God anyway. Forgetting all those past pleasures. <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> we can all get hot. You know, we find over and over and over again, one of the problems with the children of Israel wasn't that they were forgetting a lot of the bad things, but they were forgetting good things, and they were forgetting things that they ought not to be in. But you know, when God was feeding them miraculously, I mean, they were there and he was feeding them the manna from heaven. Such a tremendous event. Nobody else. They didn't have to go out and, and fight for it. They didn't have to go out and hunt it. God just fed it to them. And yet they got to looking back at, wow, I sure wish I had some of that food that I had back in Egypt. <laughs> I sure wish I had some of those pleasures that we had back in Egypt. It sure was good back there. Christian, be careful. The devil will try to get you to look back at some of those things that were pleasurable to you as a lost person, that were pleasurable to your flesh. Now, I've got news for you. If you haven't realized it already, when you become a child of God, you still got the same old flesh. <laughs> when you look in the mirror, you still see that same flesh, and it'll try to pull you down. Forgetting those things which are behind, the sins, the failures, forgetting those things that in the past were, were good, the things that were, that were pleasing to you, forgetting those things that you were successful in, forgetting a lot of those unhappy experiences. So many times, maybe you look back and you think, well, man, you know, that was such a horrible time in my life. I lost a fortune. Forget it. It's gone. You can't go back and change it. Thinking, well, that person let me down. That person didn't treat me like they should have treated me. Forget it. Forgetting. Is that hard to understand? Forgetting those things which are behind. If we're going to be successful in this race, there are some things that you have got to put behind you. Quit living in the past. Quit hanging on to those things. Sometimes, this may sound totally contradictory to what we talked about in counting our blessings last week. Sometimes we even need to forget some of the blessings. What do you mean? I just mean it's sad when we stand up to give a testimony for the Lord and all we've got is what God did 20 years ago or 30 years ago. What's God doing now? What's God done in your life this week? What's God done in your life today? It's not that those things weren't great, but quit living in the past. Live in the now. Forgetting those things which are behind. We've got to forget those sins. But I want to give you this final one that you've got to forget. Not only have you got to forget your sins and failures, sometimes you need to forget the sins and the failures of others. <laughs> Guess what? You're not the only one that's not perfect. There's only one perfect man that ever walked this earth, and his name was Jesus. If you've ever known any other human being besides Jesus, he was not perfect. There's going to be things that you're going to have been let down. You're going to have been wronged. Folks, that's part of what forgiving is about is forgetting those things. And I know, have you ever had somebody do something to you and it hurts so bad? Somebody said, you just got to forget it, put it behind you. And you just said, well, 
I can't. I can't. It's too real. It, it hurts too much. I can't. May I say to you, I don't care how many times you say you can't, you can. Why? Because God says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Maybe you can't do it in your flesh. Maybe that person wrongs you so bad that in your flesh you can never forget them. But I'm telling you, in Jesus Christ, in his strength, you can put it back there. That's where you got to go. I've said so many times to so many people, you know, God knows the truth. You just need to get honest with yourself and get honest with him. God knows not only everything that we did, he knows exactly why we did it. We're not hiding it from him. The thing is, you can't change the past. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. I just want to remind you this evening, if there are things behind you, your sins, your failures, other people, the good things, the bad things, if there's things in your past that are holding you back in the race that you're in, in the race that God has prescribed for you, put them behind you. Don't let them tie you down. Don't let them keep you from being successful in the race that God has prescribed for you because they will. And Paul's just tried to put it in simple terminology. And if you're out there on that racetrack... <laughs> you got to be on the right track, and you got to focus on what's ahead and forget those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. But he goes on. That's not the only thing he says, is it? <laughs> Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I wish, wish I had my lapel mic, but <laughs> I'd illustrate what a real runner, how he runs. I'd show you my athleticism, but... It's that runner when he's out there on the track. He's forgetting those things back there. He's focused. He's reaching. He's stretching. He's putting everything within him to get to the goal that's in front of him. Reaching forth to those things. That's, what, that's where all of his energy is getting to the next point. Not what's behind him. You see, he gives us a few things here. <laughs> he tells us there in verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Anybody perfect here this evening besides me? <laughs> perfect. Of course, that word there means mature. Mature. You see, the runner is constantly on the stretch. What's he pressing towards? Well, one is towards perfection, towards spiritual maturity. You see, the truth is too many people, they get saved, they're safe, they know that they're going to heaven, that's it. They don't worry about it. They may turn up in church on Sunday. What's Paul saying? He's saying that we've got to stretch, reach toward that which is before us, towards perfection, towards maturity, towards that, that spiritual maturity. If you look just a few pages over in your Bible, the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Let us go on unto perfection. Let us go on unto spiritual maturity. 
There's only one place we're going to grow. We can't grow spiritually without spiritual food. Sometimes we try to make the Christian life, the Christian walk, we try to make it so hard. It's the simple things that make the difference. We need to be pressing towards the mark of spiritual maturity. God's the only one that can take us there. It's His Word that will lead you to spiritual maturity. We can gain all the wisdom this world has to offer. And I'm not trying to promote dumbness. But I'm saying you take all of it without God's and it's worthless. That's what Paul was getting at. I've had all of that wonderful training. But it's nothing compared to what I have with him. This evening, we've got to be pressing towards the mark. We've got to be reaching towards that which is before. And he says here that that spiritual maturity is one of those things that we've got to be reaching for. We find that each and every one of us We'll decide for ourselves whether we want to be spiritually mature or whether we want to just survive and get on. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean this evening. I'm saying, you know, you can sit on the sidelines and watch the race. <laughs> you can get in the race and get involved. You can get in the race that God has prescribed for you. But the thing is, if you're going to be successful, and you're going to forget some of those things which are behind, and you're going to reach forth toward these things that are ahead, and spiritual maturity is one of them. You'll never, ever get there without it. We press on to perfection. We press on for a purpose. You see, he says there in the latter part of verse 12, he says, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. What is he talking about? May I say to you this evening that God has a general purpose for each and every one of us. And he says it so beautifully in the book of Romans chapter 8. He says a lot of things beautifully in chapter, in chapter 8 of, of Romans. But notice what he says here in verses 28 to 30. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And I've told you this time and time again, and yes, I know I get excited about it, and I know that I'm passionate about it, but that every one of those words is past tense. If you belong to God, it is done. It is a complete work with him. What are you pressing towards you're pressing towards perfection, towards spiritual maturity, but you're moving forward with a purpose. God has a purpose for you to be conformed to the image of his son. That's not hard to understand. You will be conformed to the image of his son one way or the other. The question is, have you discovered God's plan for your life right now? Is that what you're pressing towards? Because, man, we can be busy. We can be running races. We can be in the wrong racetrack. We can be running the wrong direction. We can be sidetracked by all these other things. Acts chapter 9, verse 6, And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go 
into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, when was the last time you just got on your face before God and said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Sometimes we got our life all planned out. We know what goals that we've got and where we're going. Paul's talking about the plan that God's got for your life. And I believe just as sure as we're sitting here and breathing tonight, God has a plan for each of your lives. There's not a person here that can't be used of God in all of your imperfections and all of your past failures and all of your past sins in Jesus Christ. If you, if you'll stretch, press towards that mark, forget those things which are behind, press towards that spiritual maturity, press towards it with a purpose. A purpose of, yes, in general, being conformed to the image of Christ. But individually, specifically, God, what will you have me to do? What do you want to do with my life right now? Not what did you do the last 60 years in my life. What do you want to do with me right now, right here where I am? You see, we got to stretch forth towards that which is before us. We've got to reach forth to perfection for a purpose with a passion. With a passion. What do you mean? I'm saying to you that everything that the Lord did, he did with a passion for you and for lost souls. That's why he came. We can get all these ideas. We can want to have the, the best church in town. We can want to have the most, you know, uh, I guess, respected ministries in the world. We can have all these things. We want other people to look at what a, a great Christian we are. I'm saying that our passion has got to be reaching the lost for Jesus. That's our passion. That's our heartbeat. That's what we live for. We can fail at everything else, but how dare we fail at reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. That's the purpose. That's our passion, we find that he tells us here in our reading today, he says down in verse 18 and 19, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Well, there's many that are enemies of the cross because they're too busy with earthly matters, with earthly things. Second Peter chapter 3, the apostle wrote these words. Second Peter chapter 3, notice what he says in verse 11 and 12. He says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? What are we to do? We are to forget those things which are behind. And we are to reach forward, to stretch forward 
to those things which are before us, pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know? <laughs> That's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. People can have some pretty high positions, lofty positions, that bring you all kinds of honor in this world in man's eyes. But he's talking about the prize of the high calling of God. What calling has God got on your life in Christ Jesus? What does God want you to be? Let me tell you something. There is no president. There is no prime minister. There is no politician, no rock star, no movie star. There is absolutely no position on the face of this earth that matches the high calling that God has on your life. What does God want to do with you? You see, if you're a child of God, we know that as we look around this evening, we got people here that we could probably produce a pretty good variety of passports from all these different countries around the world. But guess what? If you're a child of God, there's only one passport that matters, and that's we're citizens of heaven. Doesn't matter if you got a USA passport or a British passport or Romanian passport. Doesn't matter. What matters is do you have a passport to heaven? Are you a citizen of heaven? We find that uh, I've kidded them before. When I took my wife to the United States, they gave her a green card that says she was an alien. That, uh, I could have told them that beforehand, amen? <laughs> they said she was an alien. Well, guess what? The Bible says we're all aliens, strangers in this world, just passing through. Why? The Lord's coming to take us home. He's coming soon. We could look at all so many places. Why? <laughs> I told somebody... Again, I could come around, I could, I could show you. You know, this old body has hopefully got a few miles left on it. But I know one thing for certain. i got a new body that's waiting for me. <laughs> I'm trading it in one day for one that, Brother Andy, there won't be any knees wearing out in that one, praise God. <laughs> there won't be any hearts giving out. <laughs> there won't be anything wearing out. He's got a new one for us. There is a prize day that's coming. There's a glory that's coming that's beyond anything this world knows. And I just want to encourage you this evening. I want to encourage you to see where are you in your life? We're all at the point that we are. But I want to tell you something. If you're not a child of God, I don't care what you've done, how religious you are, how many prayers you've prayed, how many times you've been dunked, how many churches you belong to. If you haven't truly humbled yourself from your heart and confessed those sins, they'll never be covered until they're put under the blood. You need to get in the right race this evening. Don't waste your time running the races of this world. Get in God's race. He's got a prescribed course for you. And he wants you to focus upon winning that race, forgetting those things which are behind. Don't let those things hold you back. You can't change any of them. You can get them out of the way. And you can run from where you are right now in your Christian life, regardless of how little or how much time that you have left. Run. Run for perfection, for spiritual maturity. Run with God's purpose, God's purpose for your life. Let that be the purpose that you're doing anything. Run with a passion, a passion that Jesus Christ could be seen in your life, that others could be one to Christ. You can do whatever you want with your life. That's what matters. That's what Jesus came for. That's what he's left us here for. And the job is not the same for all of us. God has specific purpose for you. 
in accomplishing that. Don't let yourself be drugged down to be a citizen of this world, minding these earthly things. Focus on what he's got for you. Father, we thank you this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the time that you have allowed us to have this evening. And, Lord, we know that we've just barely scratched the surface of some of these things this evening, but we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one here. Lord, you know. You know who might be here this evening that's never truly been born again. It doesn't matter how many times I say those words. It doesn't matter how much that we talk about it. What matters is that they know in their hearts they need to experience the new birth. They need to experience the most glorious thing in the world. They need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. None of us deserve that. We're all a bunch of failures. We're all a bunch of sinners. It's only by your grace. But thank you this evening that you loved us enough that in spite of everything, Jesus went and died on the cross for us, that those sins can be put behind us, that they can be forgotten forever, for all of eternity. Lord, I pray that you save that one that's lost this evening. Lord, for every one of your children here this evening, it's so easy. It's so easy to get sidelined. So easy just to, to end up on the sidelines watching. It's so easy, Lord, to get detoured and get on the wrong path. Lord, you've got a purpose and a path for each and every one of us. We're all in a race. Oh, I pray this evening you just take these simple thoughts to remind each one you have a purpose for each and every life here this evening. And that purpose can be fulfilled. There is nothing that is impossible in you. And it's only that that's done in you and for your glory that's going to matter anyway. Help us, Lord, to forget those things which are behind. Help us to reach forward to those things which are before us. Help us to press towards the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 